Well, hello again. My name is Mike, and at Northwood Young Adults, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that when you clicked on this video that you did so with an open heart because you've been prayed and prepared for. And this week, we are concluding our walk through the book of Jonah. And throughout the month, we've seen that the story of Jonah is about a lot more than a whale, but it's instead a story of the compassion and mercy of God. And so to catch up with the story, God commanded this Hebrew patriot named Jonah to preach to this very sinful city of Nineveh. Jonah refused. He, he ran from God. He got tossed off of a boat, swallowed by a great fish, actually repented from the stomach of the fish, and then was vomited up onto the shore. And this was followed by him actually going and preaching to Nineveh, and in turn, seeing the repentance of the entire city. And while this should have been good news for everybody, it was not good news to Jonah. He was not happy with God's decision to show them mercy. As many of you know, I have a year and a half year old and in true toddler fashion, he hates it when he doesn't get his way. And we tell him, hey, Sammy, you, you know, you can't play in the trash can or, hey, you can't go outside right now or you can't put toys in your ears, you know, things like that. And he melts down because he doesn't get his way. And if we're being honest, that's not just a toddler thing. It's a human thing. You know, we all get frustrated when things don't go the way that we think that they should. As we pick up the story this week, we find Jonah in the middle of a pity party, a tantrum. He's sitting in the desert. The sun is hot, and so is his temper. And so if you would, pray with me, and then we'll jump into this. God, we thank you so much for this week. God, we thank you for this, this part, this conclusion of the story of Jonah and, uh, and what we'll find that it, that it means for us here today. And uh, so, God, we pray that you would speak to us. We thank you for every uh, soul that is watching this video right now, God, whether they're watching it live, watching it back later, whatever it may be, God, that they would be touched by this, by this message, God, and that, uh, that you would speak to us clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, let's read. This is Jonah 4, 1 through 4 to kick this off this week. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, talking about God uh, uh, choosing to relent from destroying the city. It says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he pre uh, prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? And so we see that God's decision to relent from destroying Nineveh displeased Jonah exceedingly, as the verses say. And so basically Jonah was livid. And so he prays to the Lord and listen to what he tells him. He says, is this not what I knew that you would do? Like I knew you were a compassionate God. I knew you were a merciful God. I knew you were going to do this. This is just like you to do this. I can't believe you've done this. And so what does he do? He asked God to take away his life because he was so angry that he thought it was better to die than to live. To which God asked him, do you do well to be angry? Do you have a right to be angry? And so in the midst of Jonah's pouting, a glaring character flaw in Jonah is again exposed. Even though he wasn't in the belly of the fish anymore, he still had the same mindset that put him there to begin with. And what's interesting is that we see Jonah pray twice in this story. One from the belly of a fish in chapter 2, and it was a prayer of repentance. This time it's a prayer of anger. And so the same sins that he repented of in the belly of the fish were showing up again. Jonah's pride was rearing its ugly head once more. What we can see as well is that in chapter 2's prayer, when he says to God that you brought up my life from the pit, 
And now in chapter 4, when he says, please take my life from me, in verse 3, the Hebrew word for my life is the same. It, it can be translated my soul. And so he was happy that his life was saved. Now he's asking for his life to be taken away. You know, pride, it makes us do strange, irrational things at times. The reason that Jonah was so upset was that he had put himself in the center of his own universe, where he got to make the rules and decided, uh, decide who lives and who dies, who gets saved and who doesn't. You know, like it or not, we often do the same thing. You know, our innate sinful default setting is to put ourselves in the center of the universe. And so when things don't go our way, we, like Jonah, we pout, right? Or, or we say things we don't mean or post things that we regret or melt down into this puddle of sin and despair. Pride throws pity parties. So it's good to ask ourselves how we respond when we don't get our way. And if we always react negatively, it's probably because we have wrongly placed ourselves at the center of the universe, right? And that's not where we're supposed to be, right? We're not designed to be there. We're not strong enough to be there. And we're definitely not worthy to be there, right? Only God is. And he holds all things together in a way that we never could. And so let's keep reading. This is verse five to nine. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till, till he should see what would become of the city. Now the, Lord, now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. So Jonah, he goes outside of the city and he waits to see what would happen to the city, seemingly still expecting God to destroy it somehow. And we see that because it was so hot in the middle of the desert that God appointed this plant to give Jonah shade from the sun. And according to the verses, this made Jonah exceedingly glad. And compare that to verse 1 where it says that Jonah was exceedingly displeased about God's decision to relent from destroying Nineveh. And so apparently Jonah is thankful when God shows love, goes, shows love to him, just not when he shows love to anybody else. And so God, to, to prove his point, he appointed this worm at, at dawn to eat the plant. And so then as the sun came out, God then appointed a scorching wind to blow so that the sun beat down on Jonah to the point where Jonah was so hot that he was about to pass out. Now listen, we know heat here in Charleston, right? I can only imagine a heat sent by God himself, okay? Just saying. And again, we see Jonah say, it's better for me to die. Like I'm miserable, I'm mad, I'm sunburnt. It's time for me to die. And God then speaks to Jonah and asks him a similar question as before. Do you do well to be angry for the plant? Is it right for you to be mad about the plant? And Jonah said, yeah, I do have a right to be angry. And what we're seeing here is that Jonah had compassion on no one but himself, right? And he's looking for any excuse to be mad. He's now upset for God, or at God for killing the plant. And God is about to make his final point in the next two verses. But before we read them, I want to mention something that, that Tim Keller has pointed out about this uh, part of the story that, that I feel is important to share. You know, essentially, God is asking Jonah, listen, I'm weeping and grieving over this city, so why aren't you? You know, if you're my prophet, why don't you have my compassion? 
Jonah did not weep over the city of Nineveh, but Jesus one day would. But instead of Nineveh, it was Jerusalem. And we see Jesus riding into Jerusalem the week before he would go to the cross, the, the last week of his life. And unlike Jonah, he, he looked out over the city of Jerusalem and he wept over it. He said, Jerusalem, how, how I have longed to gather you together, but you are not willing. And then on the cross, he, he would later speak his famous words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. You're in the middle of bearing the sin of man and, and the wrath of God. He doesn't have anger or pride or self-pity, but he has compassion. Jesus is the weeping God of Jonah chapter 4 in human form. Let's read the last verse and see how the, the book ends. This is Jonah 4, 10 through 11. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity, and should, should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. And so God asked Jonah, he says, listen, you pity the plant, yet you did nothing to bring it life. And so why shouldn't I pity Nineveh, a city of so many people who were lost? And God even adds in at the end, and also much cattle. And as this last add-on, he says to Jonah, even if you don't care about the guilty people, do you at least care about these innocent animals? And interestingly enough, that's where the story ends. It's a cliffhanger. You know, we don't know how Jonah responded or where he went from there or if he ever repented from his ways. We are essentially told to deal with it. And Jonah gives us this glaring look at the prideful human existence, right? Held up to the light of God's perfect compassion. And we are left to wonder, man, if my character were laid next to that of God's, to what degree would they compare? Not expecting perfection, but is there any similarities? And if we are in Jonah's shoes, how would we feel? How would we act? These are the questions we're left with at the end of the book of Jonah. You know, thankfully on this side of the cross, we are not left with the same questions. Now there is hope for the prideful and sinful soul. There is grace and forgiveness for the runner and for the repentant. And that hope and grace and forgiveness is in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the savior that we need for the Jonah that's in all of us. So put your faith and your trust in him again today you would pray with me. God, again, we, we thank you for the story of Jonah, and we thank you, God, how it does ultimately point us to Christ, that while Jonah was not compassionate, while he did not reflect your compassion or your mercy, God, Jesus did. And we thank you, God, that he wept over the city, that he wept over us, and he grieved over us, God, that he wanted to gather us together. And so, God, I, I pray that, that as we put our faith and our trust in you again, God, that you would gather us together as your church, as a body of believers, and, and, uh, and as we hear this message, God, I pray that it would pierce our soul once more. God, this idea, man, that you have been so compassionate, so merciful towards us, God, when we didn't deserve it. And God, you, and that, that same mercy and that compassion, God, you have for everyone. And so, God, we trust you, God, with uh, who you're going to save, what you're going to do in this world. And we trust you with that, God. We don't want to ever question you. We know that salvation belongs to you. And so, God, I pray that we would take, the, take a page out of Jesus' playbook and have compassion and mercy on this world. And God, that our character, when, when put up next to yours, God, would be as similar and as comparable as we can. So we, we thank you for that, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys so much for following along for this series as we work through the book of Jonah. I want to point you, as always, to youngadults.guide for a lot of resources and, uh, and a lot of cool information on there as well. also want to point you to uh, 20 for Your 20s. 
our podcast with new episodes coming out regularly. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Go change your world.